Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we promised you some big stuff We're in July. We promised you Kissmas in July, and I can't think of a better way to kick it off. That's right. You're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. We're back. I'm Aaron Camaro. Joining me, as always, my good friend Chris Zinzak. We're in the studio here in Nashville, Tennessee, but we're on the phone all the way across the country, and boy, oh, boy, are we in for a treat tonight as we are joined by the one and only Lydia Chris. Lydia, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. We've been uh, baking here in the southern states. It's been a record heat wave, but... uh, Enough about weather. We've had enough time. We're in the air conditioning now, and we're ready to talk. Uh, we're going to have a well, basically the beginning of, of Christmas in July for us. We're going to have a kind of basically a Peter Chris discussion episode, and who better to have on as a special guest to discuss Peter Chris than uh, the woman who was with him for quite a long time? And uh, obviously, Lydia, you've uh, you've got you've got uh, an insight that most people don't have. And uh, for those that don't know, Lydia wrote a fantastic book called Sealed with a Kiss. And, oh, that's a great uh, book. We're going into the second printing now. Can you uh, give us just a little quick summation about uh, how the book's been received and uh, what they can expect with the new version? Well, you know, uh, the book came out six years ago and sold out about a year ago. And everyone tells me it's, it's not the best Kiss book. It's one of the best. So um, they, you know, they put it up there with, the Kiss Touring Guide mm-hmm. and uh, Chris Lent's book, which is uh, Kiss and Cell. Yeah, Kiss and Cell. And, That's a great book, too. And, and Kissery. I'm, I'm thrilled that everybody loves it. You know, it's uh, something I'm never inspired to do, but it just, everyone talked me into doing it, so I decided to, to do a book. And I put my heart and soul into it, and it, and it paid off. Everybody loves it, and I'm now on my second printing, and it's a it's a big book. It's a coffee table book. It's not a coffee table like you know, like Paul <laughs> keeps saying about their new book. <laughs> yeah, I wanted but to I wanted to thank you for I wanted to thank you for not pricing the book or for pricing your book about thirty five hundred dollars less, I believe, than what Kiss is charging for the monster book. Right. I think I think there that something happened. 
<laughs> in their brain that made them think that they could do this. But I don't know. Well, it, it still isn't out yet, so we haven't seen it. We've seen, I've seen little, you know, pictures of it and stuff, but we'll see. I mean, all they have to do is sell two books and they made their money back. So. There you go. <laughs> That's it. You see, you didn't think about it that way, did you? <laughs> well, here's and here's the thing for the listeners out there. If you've not seen Lydia's book, it's called Sealed with a Kiss. And the cool thing I like about it, because we both looked this book over, you know, a bunch of times. And the cool thing, the thing I really like about it is the candid shots, the stuff backstage. You know, it's not just it's not just the pictures of the guys up on stage like you've seen a million times. I mean, this book is amazing, you know, and some stuff that, you know, you've probably never, ever seen before in your life. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's basically, it's funny, when I was, when I was, you know, in the early days of KISS, and I was taking pictures in front of the stage, and, you know, I'm doing it with a little tiny Instamatic camera, but you can see that, you know, some of the photos are dark, you know, like, it, especially like around the time of the Academy of Music shows, mm-hmm. you can't get great shots, but people, you know, that love KISS talked me into putting those in the book, but the thing is, I'm sitting, I'm standing there taking these little photos, just for, you know, my own memory, so that I could, when, you know, when I was 80 years old, I could sit back and, you know, sit on my rocking chair in front of the fireplace and look at all the, you know, and reminisce and look at all the photos. And some guy came up to me and he said, you know what? He says, you're going to make a lot of money off of those photos someday. Mm-hmm. And little did I know. <laughs> I mean, it cost me a lot because now, I mean, I'm, I'm making money, but the thing is, I also put in a lot of money to do those books. I, I, I self-published them. So not only am I now an author, I'm also a publisher. Well, it's so. definitely, it's, it's definitely up at the top of the, of the Kiss books that I've, that I've ever seen. And I've, I've bought most of them, and uh, for pictures, I'd say it is the best Kiss book. I think. Oh, I, it is. I, I agree with it that. Is. It absolutely and, is. Um, yeah, I mean, I I still have some more stuff, but you know, um, I actually I came up with another twenty-two photos. I think something like that. I put in um, sixteen more pages. Cool. Uh, wow. In in the second printing, mm-hmm. and uh, I think there's about twenty-two photos there. Um, they're from the early days. Only uh, uh, none of the photos are past seventy-three. Oh wow! Oh, everything is before that. And um, I basically the sixteen pages is something that I did leave out of the first book. Mm-hmm. I was going to put them in, but I was <laughs> it was at the, at the point where if I kept on working on this book, I was going to have a nervous breakdown oh, because wow. it I was can imagine. I spent one year of my life doing nothing but the book. I told my relatives and my friends, you will not see me for one year. <laughs> call me, but I won't be on the phone very long with you. I do have, I, do, I did have a great team, and the team that I chose were really, really, really professional and good. And, 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 and actually, they knew more about Kiss than I did. <laughs> That's hard to imagine. No, I know, I know. But it's, it's funny I, re- I remember once being in one of the conventions, and I'm going, oh, this picture was, you know, someone goes, when was this picture taken? I said, well, 1977. And then they're going, no, no, it's 1978, because we could tell what Peter's wearing. Yeah. Uh, nice. And we could tell the, hair, the haircut. That's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's oh, the thing about KISS fans, you know, and that's why a book like this is always going to be successful is because KISS fans are so rabid, you know, and, they, and they're so attention, you know, their, their attention to detail is just off the charts where, I you know, know, I know, what other band out there do you have to know every single little thing about, <laughs> you know, like you do KISS, you know, like the fans do. And I think that attests to the fact that, you know, KISS was such an interesting band, you know, and it went beyond the music and even beyond the way they look, you know, and the whole total package was just an complete 
entertainment package. It wasn't just the music. It wasn't just the look. It wasn't just the attitude and all that. It was everything all together that made it work perfectly the way it did. Mm-hmm. And uh, right. one of the things yep. one of the things we're doing this evening, uh, since this is a, we are a music show, also we uh, we want to you know just share some of our favorite Peter Chris songs from throughout his career. And uh, you know, and you'll hear music throughout the show. And while we're on that on that subject, Lydia, why don't you go ahead and tell us what one of your favorite Peter Chris songs is? Hard Luck Woman. Woman. Okay. And then what? No, he didn't write it, but he yeah, sang it. yeah, Paul wrote that. And while we're on the subject of Hard Hard Luck Woman, Paul wrote that song. And then I've I've read stories that he, you know, he had visions of selling that song to Rod Stewart, and then actually got kind of angry when Eddie Kramer suggested that Peter sing it. Do you do you recall? Uh, do you recall Peter? Um, sharing yeah. with you the story about how that took place? Yeah, it was definitely written with Rod Stewart in mind. And then at one point, I guess, you know, they needed some songs for an album. And um, Eddie Kramer said to yeah, Paul, then, then when, you know, when Paul presented it, Paul, you know, the, usually when you write a song, you sing it. Mm-hmm. And Paul wanted to sing the song. And Eddie turned it around and said, no, 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 he just, he just got the voice for this song. You wrote it for Rod Stewart. He's got a kind of a Rod Stewart raspy voice. Yeah. He'll, do a, he'll, do, he'll do a great job. A child of the water Too proud to be and leave I really love you I can't forget about you You'll be a hard Between Rod Stewart and Peter Chris, I mean, their vocal styles are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you want to know something? Rod mm-hmm. Stewart was, is my favorite solo artist, and it was also one of Peter's favorites. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. D- did not know that. Um, well, and then what was your reaction the first time you heard Hard Luck Woman? I loved it. Yeah. I, I, was there when they, uh, well, I was there when they recorded it, and then I was also there when they did the video up in Boston. Mm-hmm. They did the, you know, when... Um, Ace and Paul were playing the same song. Right. Yeah, the shot where there were aces standing behind Paul, but they're playing the double neck guitar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Very cool. Well, yeah, that's a great song pick from you. (laughs) I I actually do go to the studio. I go to the studio a lot. I love it. I love going to, you know, I did go to the studio, but I did get really, really tan. You could tell in the hotter than hell photo shoots how tan I was. That's a good re- that's a good story there because like a, there's such a debaucherous scene there in the the back cover photo shoot. Oh Can man, that's awesome! Share a little bit with our listeners what what took place that day and was it most of that staged or was there really a party going on? Oh no, it was basically staged. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, I was drinking, Peter was drinking, Paul was drinking, which Paul doesn't even drink. Isn't that the but, photo shoot? The story was where Paul drank so much he got sick and then locked himself in a car, but then like never really drank again after that. <laughs> about that all i know is i mean i've seen photos from that photo shoot that i hadn't seen back then i see them now uh-huh. and you could tell that paul was totally out of it but i was you know I was, you know that was the that was the, the purpose that the photographer had that was his, he planned on getting everybody the only one that wouldn't drink was was gene well of course everybody's yeah. right and uh but it wasn't really i mean we weren't doing anything there was no orgies i mean the, the, the most you see is basically girl you know uh, maybe Paul hugging some girls. Right. Um, I'm the sitting on Peter's lap at one point where, um, you know, you could see parts of me that I would never have shown. But, you know, I see them <laughs> nowadays and I say, well, look, 
looks good now. It doesn't. It might not look as good now, but it looked good then. <laughs> no, it, it's it's something I you know. I mean, I uh, I had a great time. I had a great time at that. Unfortunately, I mean, right before that, Ace had gotten to an accident and. Um, yeah, a car accident. And the uh, that was the the yeah. session where he had to wear makeup on only half of his face, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, Aaron, we haven't pick, had picked one of your songs yet. What 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 do you want to pick for your first song? Man, when I think of Peter Chris, you know, the first song that pops into my head, you know, and even though Paul Stanley, you know, kicks off the song in the beginning, this has been a staple for years and years and years in concerts and even transcends the time that Peter Chris was in the band where other drummers would sing this oh, song. I know what you're going to say. You know what I'm going to say. Can I I'm, guess? Can I guess Black Diamond? Go ahead. Diamond? You know it. Black Diamond is exactly what I'm talking about. Off their yeah. de- debut album in 1974. I mean, yeah, it's I just a Black great Diamond. song through and through. One of my all-time favorite Kiss songs. Yeah. Out on the street for a living, bitches only begun. Your day is all in Well, you know what it is. Paul wanted to sing the song. I mean, I'm going to tell you a little joke that, you know, I mean, I think it's in my book. Okay. Paul wanted to sing the song because he wrote it. Mm-hmm. And Peter said, oh, come on, please give me a song. Please give me a song. I want to sing a song. And they said, well, if you give me your wife of the night, we'll give you the song. Yeah, I remember oh. the story. <laughs> and he got the song. He still loves to bust his chops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some great stories of busting chops throughout that book, I mean, for sure. And uh, but the uh, well, it's just it's interesting to look back through these photos because I've got the book in front of me now, and it's just like I think one of the biggest charges a lot of us Kiss fans got out of it was seeing these, like Aaron said, the candid photos, seeing pictures of these guys without the makeup from back then. Makeup and when they were young. Yeah, Yeah. because they look so different. You see them without the makeup, older. Right. But when they were very, you know, I mean, they were pictures that I look at, sometimes I look at Gene and Paul, I'm going, oh my God, I can't, I do remember, but it's been a long time. <laughs> Tell me, um, yeah, I watched Gene on, you know, his family jewel thing. Right. Do you know if the, if any of the band members have gotten copies of this book? Oh, Peter has, a, uh, Peter saw the book because I asked him. Oh, okay. Ace, and I sent a copy to Ace. Um, Paul bought a copy. Oh, good. And I know Gene has seen it because Tommy bought a copy. Oh, okay. And I gave a copy to Eric. You know what it is? If you ask me, I told this to Gene a, a long time ago when I was selling photos. You know, he sent me this, you know, this, this 20 bucks, and he says, I want, you know, he may believe he was a little boy, and I'm saying, Gene, I know it's you. You know, it's like, I know the address, you know, the P.O. box and everything. And I said, listen, if you want anything from me, just ask me. I don't want to send you stuff that you don't want, but if you want it, ask me. So mm-hmm. he didn't ask me. But Eric, Eric asked me. Um, Ace didn't ask me. I just sent it to him. Mm-hmm. Only because he's my buddy, yeah. and um, and Paul bought it. He bought it because they were having a meeting, uh, I guess about my book. And he, you know, he he wanted it sent like overnight, mm-hmm. so cost him a fortune for my book, but he got it. Wow. And um, and then you know, like I said, Tommy bought it, and Tommy said, you know, you did an excellent job. And for, for Tommy to say that, because I know he did history. 
Yeah, yeah, he mm. did. He, so, you know, I know, um, you know, for him to say that, I know it's coming from him and Gene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't argue with him. It really is an it. awesome book. I just know book. it. <laughs> Gene, I mean, I've heard through the grapevine, you know, through certain guys that they, they, they do, they, they like me. You know, I mean, I think I think Gene must have thought I was making millions. You know, if I made three thousand dollars, I was I was lucky. Rubbing our last two brain cells together. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. And now, deep thoughts with Gene Simmons. Some days, as I sit in my palatial mansion, reminiscing of the thousands of women that I've ruined for other men. The truckload of money that I've made, power and the excellence of being a worldwide rock god, and the millions of men that would give their left nut to be me. And all I ever really wanted was for someone to hold me. Um, one of the people you mentioned in the book, not too friend, not too uh, happily about, is uh, Alan Miller. What what went on? Uh, with, what happened with Alan Miller? You know, I mean, that? I love everybody, and you know, Alan Miller was a sweetheart. But you know, Alan Miller just didn't want me around. Uh-huh. You know, even though I mean, I was the only married person, and you know, I mean, Peter was the only married person in the band. I was married to him, and I I, I was like the, the Cynthia Lennon, you know. But I kept my distance. I wasn't, you know, trying to, you know. Uh, you weren't trying to yoko all things kept, up. I kept quiet. I never told anyone I was married, blah, blah, blah. It turns out, you know, that you know, there were times where when they did that, you know, the Empire State Building photo uh-huh. shoot. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was an aspiring photographer, and Barry Levine was a very good friend of mine. And, I, you know, I was learning from him. And he's what probably made me become a photographer because I loved his stuff, him and Bob Gruen. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and, the, and my parents, you know, my, my mother, my mother and my uncle. My uncle was a photographer. My mother always took pictures. But anyway, that's what made me, you know, uh, be a photographer. And he, Barry invited me to the photo shoot, you know, at the Empire State Building. I lived on 30th Street. The Empire State Building four blocks away. Mm-hmm. You know, so he invited me to go. And I said, oh, great, you know. All right. And then he had to call me up and uninvite me. And it was because uh-huh. of Alan Miller. Alan Miller didn't want me there. I don't know why. Weird. Because there's no fans there. It's not like the fans are going to see me. And then whenever they did have interviews, and if I was on the road with Peter, they'd tell me to sit in the back, which is fine. I'll sit in the back. But it just would crack me up because somebody would ask a question about me, and I'm <laughs> sitting in the back. The thing that, that, that I loved the most was, and, and I said, and that's at, at that point I just said, zing, Alan Miller. <laughs> um, at the People's Choice Awards, when Dick Van Dyke said that was the best for whom the song was written, the wife of the drummer, Mrs. Peter Chris. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know the words you know, by heart, but Alan Miller didn't expect that. Really? <laughs> yeah. well, I, and I suppose, too, you got to figure back at that time, it was the whole mystique thing of it where, you know, when you got a young rock band and four I guys. I was fine with that. I was fine with that. I, used, I mean, I had a job. I had to work. Right. So I was working when they were doing photo shoots, blah, blah, blah. I didn't go on the road a lot, you know, and, no, and when I was working. I didn't go on the road a lot when I was not working. When I was not working, I'd go maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I'd stay a week, sometimes I'd stay two weeks. You know, it depends. I don't know, for some reason, Alan Miller didn't want me around. And, you know, I mean, we never fought. 
you know, we just basically, you know, hi, how you doing? You know, I mean, I'd see him, I'd kiss him, I'd, you know, hello, blah, blah, blah. But he was, he was just, I could, I could feel it that, hmm. you know, he just, he didn't want me in the, in, in the spotlight at all. Whereas Bill Coyne and Sean Delaney had no problem with it. And I was going to bring up Sean because that was going to be one of my picks for a song to play on the show today it would be um, I Can't Stop ah, the Rain. You better play that one. That's yeah. one of mine. That's that's a uh, it's a it's a fantastic song and uh, a lot of people don't know that Sh- it's Sean saying this is New York yo yep. at the beginning of the yep. song, hmm. even though it does sound similar to Peter's voice. New York. Sean was absolutely so talented it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the way Peter, th- I mean, I've heard Sean sing this song. Mm-hmm. Peter does it. Well, Peter's got that soul, you know. Yeah. He's just got that soul in his voice where it's it's so full of emotion, you know. And especially with a song like that, it really comes through. You oh, you almost like, feel it, you know, just mm-hmm. to listen to it, but you I mean, feel I, it. I get chills when I listen to that song. Well, and I'm getting chills now telling you about it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Do you remember the first time you heard that tune? Yeah, yeah, I heard it uh, up at the in the studio in LA when they were doing the solo albums, you know, with um, Benny Pontius. Is it me or is it criminal almost that they didn't release that as the single from the album and they did that "You Matter to Me" song instead? Something you mattered to me was written for me. Oh, yeah. it was. And I, I, at that at that point, he had met Deborah, who mm-hmm. he married. Uh, he met, you know, uh, his second wife. And mm. I didn't realize, but I realized something was going on. But I didn't realize exactly. You know, I didn't know exactly. But I was there, and I knew there was something wrong. But anyway, he when he told me that, you know, he wrote. You mattered to me. You know, he goes, I wrote a song for you on my, on my, on my solo album. And I'm going, what? Uh, what song? Let's see. Um, let's see. There was another one that I, I thought would be perfect for me. Oh, Kiss the Girl Goodbye. Uh-huh. <laughs> we kind of noticed that, too. We were talking about that a yeah. little bit, that there are a lot of breakup songs on that 78 solo album. You I know. know what I mean? I know. Well, he was, we were breaking up then. So is it is it difficult? Was it difficult to listen to that stuff at the time, or I mean, what what, what was your headspace like at that point? Well, at that point, I was yeah, of course it was difficult. I was I was out there. I was out there in the studio listening to the stuff. Um, I did come home. Uh, I had some medical things I had to attend to, and then I had and then I went back out there, and I just could tell. You know, women's intuition is amazing, and I just knew there was something wrong in in our marriage, which I didn't know. A month before, so mm-hmm. yeah, it kind of, I kind of put two and two together, and I knew there was somebody else. And you know, uh, basically, you know, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't happy about what was going on, but I had to put up, the, you know, I had to put up a face that mm-hmm. I was okay with it all. And um, you know, I mean, little by little, it, it got to the point where it was, it was obvious that you know it, that the marriage was over. Right. I was going to ask, though, the, you know, because you, you definitely are very candid about the things that, the, not just the good, but the bad of, of what it was like being married to Peter for all those years. And um, 
I was wondering, you said Peter's seen the book. Did he, did he have any uh, negative response to some of the stuff that you exposed? Well, I, I, I basically am a very truthful person, and that's basically the truth. I mean, whatever Peter writes in his up-and-coming book, I'm not even sure that he knows the facts. You know, because mm-hmm. I don't think he remembers a lot, just like Ace didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ace at least will admit it. You know, Peter. Um, I mean, I've just I saw him recently on on an interview from 1993 when he was down in Orlando, and there were certain things that I just said, "No, you're wrong, you're wrong." But I always used to correct Peter, and he used to get pissed off at me. <laughs> but um, you know, Peter has a very vivid imagination, so he likes to you know call things his way. Mm-hmm. But um, Basically, uh, what, what was the question you asked me was, oh, did he see, I, when I saw him at Bill Coyne's memorial, mm-hmm. um, I asked him, I said, uh, did you see my book? And he just smiled at me and, and shook his head yes. He was very nice to me. I was very nice to him. That's good. Um, it, was, it was good seeing him after 15 years. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't go into the details. But I have heard that he's been on talk shows like maybe Ed Trunk. Mm-hmm. And he has said things like, uh, I don't know, do you know Ed Trunk? Sure. Yeah, we actually interviewed him a few months ago. Okay. Well, he has said things like pe- people have called in and said, well, what do you think of you know, Lydia's book? And he said, well, you know, it's, it's a great book if you like lies. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, don't, don't even start. <laughs> Ouch. Have you been contacted at all for the book that he's putting out soon? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And, um, you know... Somebody must have leaked something to uh, Roscoe, who's working with him, mm-hmm. and um, he, he contacted me through Facebook and said, you know, I heard there's some stuff that you didn't put in your first book, you know, would you be willing to, you know, let Peter use it? And I said, no, to be honest with you, I'm putting it in my second book. Ah. So that's what the extra 16 pages are. Uh-huh. It's, um, it, uh, you know, with, it, with, with some photos, but it's basically a list of all, of all the gigs that Peter plays. Mm-hmm. Time well, not from exactly from the time I met him because I didn't start keeping a, a list then, but maybe a year later, from the time I met him until the time Bill Coin took over. Mm-hmm. That's pretty so cool. I'd say from seventy-eight to, to, to sixty-eight to seventy-three. Oh, okay. That's well. That's um, very good. That was an enlightening thing about reading the book was um, to read about this stuff that he did before Kiss, and I wanted to ask you because. You know, Kiss is known for such a hard-driving sound that I don't get the impression that he played a lot of the real heavy stuff before Kiss. Was he was he really a fan of what they were doing early on, or did it take some adjusting for him to go from the old 60s-era type sound to what he was doing with them? I'm sure that it took some adjusting. Yeah. It took some adjusting, but, but he liked Kiss, at the, at, you know, when he was playing with them. I know he, he you know, I, I, I was under the impression that he was having a great time, you know, with their songs. I mean... At one point, I mean, I just heard their new song. That's, uh-huh. he- that's pretty heavy. The yeah. the uh, clip that's out right now, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 Hell or hallelujah. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I, I I was under the impression that he always liked, you know, some, you know most of their stuff. Especially and, in the early days, you know. And I was... James B., you know. I always got the impression in the early days that Paul and Gene kind of looked at Peter as the experienced guy and almost kind of followed him, and then for some reason it wound up shifting to where Paul and Gene were in control of the band. I mean, am I correct in assuming that Peter definitely had a lot more experience than them, you know, well, from the get-go? he definitely had a lot more experience, like, and you'll see that in my 16 pages. Uh-huh. They were all leaders in the, every band that they've been. Peter was, 
I mean, Peter's a drummer. He would, he would also sing his, most of the songs. Mm-hmm. He also was the leader of every band that I have ever seen him in, except for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chelsea, he was kind of an equal. And um, when he was in Kiss, he was definitely an equal. Right. Uh, they are all, every one of those guys, and this is why they, I feel they made it, because they were all leaders in their own way. I mean, everyone had an expertise in a different way. You know, like um, Gene with, with finances, you know, Paul with, with flamboyancy, you know, like he was, you know, the showman. Um, you know, he, they, they all have, you know, their own way. I mean, Peter's the soulful guy in the band and Ace is the technical guy, you know, but they all, you know, kind of have their own little, you know, uh, their, their way of being, you know, I mean, I'm sure most of the bands that Ace was in, he was the leader. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's why it 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 it, it worked. And Bill Coyne is has, has should not be forgotten. You know, he's, no. oh, he's definitely not. what made it work. He was the guy that tied them all together and sent them off absolutely. in one direction. Yeah, absolutely, and absolutely. With and a with a lot of help from was, Sean, huh? With a lot of help from Sean Delaney, also. Oh, uh, De- Sean Delaney and Bill Coyne uh, in my heart forever. Yeah. Oh, it, it was yesterday. That Bill Coyne passed away two years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's hard to believe. You know, Sean Delaney. Yeah, Bill Coyne was with me the day before he passed away. Wow. He stayed at my apartment. He stayed in my apartment, and he thanked me for letting him stay here. And I said, Bill, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have this apartment. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't thank me. <laughs> no, so is but, it my turn uh, to pick a song? Yeah, it's your turn. All right. Uh, talking about Ace Frehley a little bit there for a minute. You know, in the early days of Kiss. You know, Ace really didn't sing. It took him a while, not till like 77, for him to finally sing a song, which was Shock Me. But in the early days, he would write songs. And here's one I like. It's called Getaway. It's from 1975 off Dress to Kill. recollection of you know well, where was Ace's head at when it came to not wanting to sing the songs that he'd written? Well he didn't feel he was a good singer which you know he's probably not the best but <laughs> um, you know he, he's original he gets by he gets by you know yeah I mean but he was he was you know I mean I can understand him I can understand him being shy about singing I, I, I know Whenever, when I was in school and I used to sing, you know, for some reason the fans used to, I mean, not the fans, the students used to make fun of me. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to sing, ever. <laughs> so I know, you know, I mean, he was probably intimidated by the other three. Yeah, and I've, I've read things, interviews with him where he said that Paul and Gene and Peter were all so forthright about being fine with just taking the lead mic that I guess it, it kind of scared him. He's like, I, you know, how do I compete with these guys? And it really did. It really did. I could. I, I remember the whole time when Peter came home and said, 
Ace is finally going to sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And I yeah. was in the, uh, yeah, because really, I mean, and especially in the early days, you know, Paul Stanley is known now as this really loud, you know, can do these abrasive screaming things. But really in the early days, Gene was, pre he was a, he was passable, then he was more of a screamer. Paul was pretty subdued vocally. And really, Peter had more power in his voice than any of the other guys, as right. far as I was concerned. Well, that's what Eddie Kramer said. Eddie Kramer said Peter has the best voice in the band. And I, I believe that. Yeah. That's my, that's my opinion also. We need that extra push over the cliff. You know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. The only podcast that goes to 11. One loud. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. Listen to the Decibel Geek Podcast on your iPhone, Android phone, BlackBerry, and WebOS phones with Stitcher. Stitcher's Smart Radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at Stitcher.com. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Hi, this is Rick Allen's Left Arm. You're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. What's another one of your choices of songs that you think is one of the better things he did? Well, how could I not say Beth? Oh, what? I've never heard of that song. <laughs> <laughs> What's this Beth? I know, Beth? I know Beck by Chelsea. I don't know Beth. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, we were just listening to that original version of uh, Beck by Chelsea, and we were uh -huh. kind of debating, does Peter sing on that? Um, you know, I think it's Sam Penridge. Because yeah. the voice is so similar. I'm not sure, but I think it's Stan Penridge. I think I just heard it for the first time in, in years also. Yeah, it's up on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, we were just yeah. checking that out just a few minutes before the show started because I had yeah. never heard it, you know, not the original no, one. I, I think it's, I think it's, um, it's, it's Stan Penridge, you know, the co-writer. Mm -hmm. He's singing it all you know, with Peter, and um, I was a little shocked to hear it too. But it's, it's yeah, but it was... Um, it wasn't a nice song. No, was, it's, know, a, it's a sarcastically written song about yeah, an annoying yeah. girlfriend. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, I'm, I'm, and the funniest thing is, her name is Rebecca. Uh -huh. And, you know, I'll never get the credit for this. I heard Peter say this in the interview I was talking about earlier, about 93. Mm -hmm. He said that Bob Ezrin decided, oh, let's call it best. And I'm going, no, that's <laughs> not the way it happened. Um, all right. They were in a lawsuit with, with, with Neil Bogart. Mm -hmm. Kiss was. Yeah. And Neil Bogart is married to a twin. Okay. Her her name is Beth. Okay. okay. She, and she's a twin. I don't know what the, the twin's name, the sister's name was. But anyway, Beth, Beth, Rebecca, who the song was written about, is a twin also. Mm -hmm. So we were sitting in a limo one day, and we were talking about, we, you know, I heard Jingle, we can't call it Beck because of Jeff Beck. And I said, well, you have, you're in a lawsuit with... With, oh, with Neil, and Neil was getting divorced from Beth. Okay. So I said, why don't you just put the knife in and turn it a little and call the song Beth? <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. You're devious. And, and they said, great idea, but I, I'll never get the credit for that. That's a devious I'll never get it, but do. that's exactly what happened. <laughs> and I, I have story. a great memory. For some reason, I have a great memory, and I, I remember sitting in the limo talking to Gene. Uh -huh. I don't think Paul, Paul might not have been there, and Ace might not have been well, Paul might have been there, but not Ace, yeah. because it wasn't, a, it wasn't the whole band. Mm -hmm. 
But I remember them saying, you know, jeans was great idea. And then that's what they used. <laughs> that's amazing. Is it true that the that the band tormented Peter while he was trying to record the vocal for that song? Uh, see, that's the thing I wouldn't be able to answer only because I was told not to come to the studio by while Al- they were recording. By I had Miller. just stopped working. Uh, I was living in Manhattan, and they said they, they didn't want me to come during that song. And I said, all right. Uh, but I was busy shopping because, you know, we, we had a, a, a bigger apartment to, you know, to, to fill up. So I was, I was, you know, down in the village doing, you know, antique shopping. And, you know, finally they said, we want you to come now. Mm-hmm. So I went to the studio. They sat me on a stool with headphones, and the five of them stood around me, Bob Ezrin and the band. They said, you know, they played the song, and as the tears were falling, were dripping down my face, <laughs> they said, what do you think? And I said, I think it should have been called Lydia. Too many syllables, though, right? <laughs> Too many syllables, right? <laughs> well, I suppose, and that's the thing, being that Beth was like their first you know, real, true, sweet love ballad. Oh, yeah. You know, you want to well, test that... a song like that on a woman to see what kind of reaction you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that, all, women love that song. That, that was, you know, Bill Coyne pushed that. You know, because Kiss didn't, you know, the, Kiss the band, mm-hmm. you know, didn't want it. Uh, but Bill, Bill Coyne said, no, I think it's a great song, put it on. And then when, when we were going to Japan, I, um, I, I thought it would be nice, you know, to, to thank everybody, you know, for making it possible for me to go to Japan with them. Mm-hmm. So I walked up to Gene first, and I said, Gene, I said, I really want to thank you for making it possible for me to go to Japan. He goes, don't thank me. He said, thank Beth. Beth made it possible for all of us to go to Japan. And I said, okay, then I guess I don't have to answer. I don't have to ask. You know, I don't have to thank anybody else. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as a, all of us diehard KISS fans are aware of, you got to accept the People's Choice Award for, for yeah, the Yeah, that the, was another that thing that was nerve-wracking. Yeah. You know, um, I, um, you know, I, mean, I didn't expect that. Um, we were sitting in Detroit, you know, backstage, and me, Gene, and Peter were at a table, and Bill Coyne walked over to us and says, um, and guys, I've got some good news for you. And, you know, she's talking to the band, you know, and he goes, Beth is um, going to get the People's Choice Award. And Gene's like, oh, my God, you know, what are we going to do? How can we accept that? We can't sit in the audience with makeup on, and, well, you know, we can't be without makeup. And uh, we also got, a, you know, a, a gig booked in Fargo, North Dakota. And I just looked at him, and I said, I'll accept it. <laughs> just joking. Right. Just yeah. joking. And they said, Gene, Peter has no say. You know, Gene just looked at me and said, okay. And I said, what? <laughs> All right, that was 10 days before the, the, the People's Choice Award. I lost 10 pounds in 10 days. Oh, wow. gosh. <laughs> crash diet. <laughs> no, it wasn't a crash diet. It was nerves. <laughs> nice. It was, you know, even Alan Miller said, are you uh, stage, is this stage fright? <laughs> and I'm going, mind your business. <laughs> just like, because I was walking around like a zombie, you know. I'd go up to the office and I'd be like, 
<laughs> I would eat one thing a day. I was so nervous. I mean, you know, because I had to get, I had to figure out how I was, I was going to do my hair. I had to get my nails. I got to, I had to buy a dress. It's like I said to Sean, Sean, all right, should I dress classy or should I dress very kiss? Because I could, you know, I could put on a jumpsuit and do the whole thing. And he goes, no, 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 dress classy. So yeah. I went out and, you know, with Jeanette. Jeanette and I went shopping, and she helped me, you know, find the dress. And uh, turns out that the funniest thing is Sarah Fawcett had the same dress on in a different color, and Goldie Hawn had it on in a different color. Sarah had it on in white. I had it on in black, and Goldie had it on in silver. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned Jeanette. Um, do you, are you still in contact with her? Um, I haven't talked to Jeanette in a long time. Uh, I think she's living out on the West Coast right now. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I get stories here, you know, every now and then. But she's still married to Ace, um, and she'll probably always be married to Ace. Uh, I was going to ask you how that works with because Ace is traipsing around with this Rachel girl, and then you know, knowing that he's still married to Jeanette, I just like I just I don't know. I, maybe it's just I don't understand celebrities, but it's just I mean, what's your take on that? Well, to be honest with you, I think, you know, I mean, he's with her, and he, I think he, he, he's engaged, from what I heard. But uh -huh. I think it's just, you know, like my brother's the same way. My oh, brother really? will never leave his wife, but he's not with her. He's with a different girl, and he's engaged to her just to keep her quiet, you know. Jeez, yeah, see, yeah. my wife would never let me get away with that. No, <laughs> never in a billion years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what it is. Think about it. Uh, if you're Ace's wife and you could just have an unlimited bank account, yeah, why wouldn't you stay, you know? That's sweet. But the thing is, has gone out with other guys, too. I mean, for years they've broken up. They've got back together. You know, like they, they've, they've, they haven't had, like, a stable marriage for many 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 years well, now probably when i broke when peter and i broke up we probably had a better marriage than they did <laughs> wow. what i remember but boy that's saying okay. something huh one of the things i know in your i saw in your book was some um handwritten things from this person who was uh, a good friend of the decibel geek podcast and i've had him on a couple of times on the show uh, rick fox who was uh, oh. uh, uh, you know, had told me that uh, Peter act, or he was dating Peter's sister for a while back in those days. Yeah, that's how I. That's how we know Rick. Rick is from Greenpoint, which is a very Polish neighborhood, uh -huh. and uh, he was going out with Peter's sister Joanne, mm -hmm. and um, you know he was around at the very early in the early days of Kiss. He's taking photos just like I did, um, and he's a sweetheart. You know, he's a sweetheart, and luckily, you know, he, he went out to California, he broke up with Joanne, went out to California, and, you know, was in Wasp for many years. Mm -hmm. Oh, and while I have you on the line, let me go ahead, and I think I've asked you this on Facebook, let me ask you on the show officially, a lot of KISS fans, when this book came out, everybody was like, this is amazing, you know, Lydia's got a treasure trove of stuff here, mm -hmm. and you do... But then, of course, all of us Kiss geeks are like, "Where's the home? Do you have where's any the more? Movie? Where's the where, or where's the home movies? Where's the video footage?" Oh, I have those too. <laughs> oh, you do? I do. Is, I have some. Is, I have some. I mean, I've been told, you know, from people that have seen them that I have enough to put, you know, a video together. Okay. You yeah, know, like a DVD. DVD together, whatever. You know, nowadays it's a DVD. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I do have enough, but you know, it's um, it's. Yeah, you know, there's other things I want to do. You know, I have I have some aspirations. I do want to do a, a rock and roll book, mm -hmm. which you know I just want to do all of my rock and roll photos. You know, like not just Kiss. 
Right. But, you know, Elton John, uh, The Beatles, uh, Rod Stewart, uh, ABBA. I mean, I've photographed a lot, a lot of bands. Yeah, you have. And uh, I also want to put out my Italian spaghetti sauce. Oh, really? Nice. I'm a great cook, and I think I make the best sauce in the world. <laughs> Wow. Like everyone says, I have the best book. I think I make the best sauce. So it'd be the, so be the female that's Paul thing I'm trying to, 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 to look into. I don't know how to even start. And I tried, I was asking Bill Coin before he passed away. And he was trying to, you know, give me a little bit of an idea. So if anybody out there knows how to start that, let me know. I know, <laughs> I know that, one uh, of the Ramones I was has just gonna, sauce out. Yeah, I was just going to say, I know Mark, that Marky. Marky Ramone, yeah. yeah. He's got but I had, I had to... I had the desire to do it way before he put it out. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, and I'm not sure what he's tastes like because I haven't been able mm -hmm. to you wow. know, find it in the stores yet. <laughs> but, um, well, yeah, because uh, the thing about the home movies comes up because there's photos of you taking photos of the band on, or oh, like I know, but you know what? on the bullet train. I, I know yeah. everybody sees the pictures of me taking pictures of uh -huh. the band and stuff. And the, the problem with that was that was the first time, that was a camera that was given to me, or me and Peter, by, well, from Bill Coin mm -hmm. for Christmas. All right, that was December. When I was taking those photos, it was February. Yeah. So it's like I really didn't know how to use the camera. So a lot of stuff didn't come out, right? But mm -hmm. some did. Oh, okay. So, you know, some has, you know, that was, that was like in the early days when you had 8 millimeter with sound. Yeah. And some, some of the photos just had 8 millimeter but no sound. Right. And then sometimes, all of a sudden, the sound would come in. So I don't know what I was doing right, and I don't know what I was doing wrong. So, uh, but I do have enough stuff to, to uh, you know, get you geeks going. That's <laughs> it, folks. We, Keep your fingers crossed yeah, for we're that looking one. forward to that for sure. And we'll take, no matter how bad quality they is, if we can barely see an eyeball of a member of the band without makeup, we'll oh, take you Oh, you Forget <laughs> it. I got pictures of them without makeup on the, on the plane going to Japan. Yeah, yeah. See, and now Kiss fans yeah. eat that stuff up, and I know I do too. You know, because it's you got to remember back then. You know, Kiss never yeah, you got were photographed. 10. You were them. ten, right? It, yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I was born like, um, two days after uh, Rock and Roll Over came out. Nice. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, you're you're not you weren't ten. You were no. younger. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't. You're actually, in your thirties now. Yeah, I didn't even get into Kiss until 1987, and I was like 11 or 12. It's awful. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, well, that's kind of the age, you know. That's yeah. you know between See. 10 and 13 is you know the age for, you know, it's like you know, it's like, oh my God, the superheroes, you know. Yeah. yeah. No. I had cool aunts and uncles that tainted me early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I have friends that you know. Uh, friends now that, you know, were very young, and they said, well, my older sister bought me, the, you know, one of the first Kiss album I ever had, you know. Putting an end to ugly rumors, Gene Simmons does not have a cow's tongue. You're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Translating Jonathan Davis. You're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Oh, I was going to ask you, um, the, the inside of Alive with the handwritten letters, that's obviously not Peter Chris's handwriting. No, it's is, is that yours? It's mine. That's yours. It's okay. my handwriting. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I always wondered about that. I was just like, it looked like No, Peter wanted me to do it because I had, you know, well, I have a much better handwriting now, but he wanted me to do it then. And the funniest thing is, I was, I was a bookkeeper at the time. Well, I was uh, actually a, a Girl Friday, which does everything, bookkeeping, stenography, um, 
statistical typing and secretarial stuff. And I was working in an office for a multimillionaire. And, you know, the bookkeeping, for some reason, I, I wrote that on what's, what looks like bookkeeping paper, but I had that at home also. And they, my bosses saw it, and they blamed me for stealing it. Uh, stealing the wow. paper from the office. And they saw the inside of a live. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> What a crazy yeah. way to get busted, huh? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> oh, man. All right, I've got a question for you, and, and I don't want to, you know, spoil the book for anybody because I know if you don't have Sealed with a Kiss and you're a Kiss fan, trust me, you know, you want this book, you know, and especially now that it's being re-released with additional, you know, pages and photos and everything in it, but there's one photo in particular <laughs> inside this book that, you know, and I'm sure you already know what I'm going to say. But, well, you know, I see the me or Peter. I'm not sure which one. Well, you know, and then you flip through and it's like, wow, there's a cool picture, you know, Lydia and Peter and there, wow, look at this. And then, and then you flip through and it's like, oh my God, what's that? And it's, it, you know, I'm talking about the tuck picture. I know. I know. What I know. is going on? I know, and the weird thing is, if I didn't put the Uriah Heap backstage pass over the guy from Uriah Heap, yeah, it would it would have been X-rated. Oh wow! Yeah, we don't need to see Uriah's Heap. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, the thing is, um, you know, Peter was very proud of his body. He obviously you know, he he could care less if anybody saw him naked. So I just hope he doesn't put naked photos. <laughs> In his book. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, if they're pictures from back then. Anything he's got looks good, so what do I care? Yeah, I mean, and, and seriously, you know, and, and not to flirt with you or nothing here, Lydia, but, I mean, all these pictures in this book, you are gorgeous in them. Ah, oh, thank you. Yeah, I don't, but we did not need to see that much of Peter, I don't think. <laughs> uh, and you want to know something, the guys that were editing the book, they, they, I'm telling you, we fought so much because they talked me into doing that full page. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't want it full page, but they said, no, you got to do it. you got to do it. <laughs> it would, you know, there were so many things I didn't want to do, and they made me do it. But, you know, turns out it was okay. Too so. funny. And, you know, for the listeners at home, you know, if you haven't seen this book and you think, well, what are they talking about? Well, the, talk, the tuck picture, you're just going to have to get the book and see yourself. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah. We're, not no, gonna, we're is, just going to tease felt, you. That's why I also put myself in the book mm-hmm. with, with, you know, cat. you know, with the cat. Yeah. Because um, I felt if I could do it to him, I have to do it to myself. Well, that's And cool. also there's Ace. There's, you know, a picture of Ace. With, yeah, with the you know, rocket ship. That could have been very X-rated also. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't see the unedited version of that. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kiss, but I don't love Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I, uh, Aaron, you've got one more choice to for songs. What do you, what do you want to play? Well, this one's a little off the beaten path here, and I know this is like well beyond you know what we're talking about here. But I just wanted to throw this one in there because this is a really great Peter Chris song, and it's from Cat Number One that came out in 1994, um, a song called "The Truth."
it's a rocking tune, you know, and, and Peter Chris, you know, to this day still continues to put out music, and last I heard he's working on a rock album coming out. Yeah, which, that's the last I heard, but that was two years ago. Yeah, so, I guess that I guess Yeah, that but he's was also working on a book, so. That's true, he, too. Now, you know, I understand his, you know, I know he's been working on a book for 20 years, but. Yeah. Um, actually, 30 years, I should say. <laughs> yeah. Um. I understand that the book does take a long time, but he's put it aside a lot, you know, and that's why, you know, but, but this, um, this rock album, he was tell, talking to me about it, you know, two years ago, and uh, hopefully he's still doing it. Right. Yeah, it doesn't even but feel like... I know the like... book got in the way, because he said, that, you know, everything, every time you try to do something, something gets in the way. Of course. So, um, I'm hoping that, you know, the book will be out in October, and uh, hopefully, you know, he's got a, a new CD coming out, which will be rock. Mm-hmm. You know, he was discussing that with my boyfriend, Richie Fontana. Mm-hmm. You know, Richie was in Piper. Yeah, and played on uh, Paul's solo album. Paul's right? solo album, yeah. right. And uh, they were discussing that. You know, it's like amazing how you can just, you know, you don't even need the guy to be in the studio with you. You know, this guy's in Japan, and he's, you know, doing, he's, he's recording stuff for my album here. You know, mm-hmm. technology cool. has come a long way. Sure has. You know, it's funny you mention that because while well, I have you on the phone, because you were around at the time back when Kiss was putting out two, sometimes more albums a year, and that was back during the time of tape. And now you've yeah. got all this technology, but it still takes a few years for a band to put out a record. And I'm thinking, what would Kiss have done back then? Have they not done stuff on tape and had that technology? Would they have put out even more albums at the time? Do you think? I don't think they have the time to do more albums. That's, you know, the thing is you're on the road, you're promoting the album. So, that you know, they put out basically two albums a year yeah. at one point. And, um, you know, that's a lot. They didn't have much vacation time. Um, they were constantly working. And, um, you know, they'd get a few weeks off and that was it. And then you go back into the studio and mm-hmm. you'd be, then you go back on the road. And then you'd be back, and you know, then you get two weeks off, and you'd be back in the studio. So it was like it was it was a very, you know, it's a very grueling. It's a, you know, it's it's something that you know you want, you 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 want, and you wish for, and you mm-hmm. hope for, and sometimes it's like be careful what you want, what you wish for. But um, you know, it turns out good for them. But uh, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work, and I remember. You know, I, I would even tell my family, you know, you're not going to see Peter. You know, he can't go. He didn't go to a lot of family functions and even his own family functions, you know. But, right. It sounds know, it was all-consuming at that way, time. That's the way rock and roll is. Yeah. So when you're hot like that, you know, you got to keep them pistons firing. You, you got to keep yeah. putting music out. Yeah. And Kiss didn't yeah. really hit too much of a speed bump in their career until they started taking time off in between albums. But when I they know. were hot and they were firing them out one right after another, I mean, there was no stopping them. Mm-mm. I know. That's all Bill of Coin. Yeah. 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 He knew how to keep, them, keep them going. God uh, bless Bill of Coin. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, here's a question I have. I don't think I've ever heard anyone ask you. What you know? I know things were pretty much over with you, uh, with Peter, around the time of uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom and going into Dynasty. What, That's when it basically started. Yeah. Yeah. What was What was your take on Kiss going into the poppy disco route when they did that? Were you well, surprised? Well, I wasn't around when they did Dynasty, mm-hmm. but uh, I was still married to Peter when it came out. Yeah. And. Um, I actually, actually, that's one of my favorite songs is I Was Made For Loving You. Really? I love that. I mean, I was going to Studio 54 all the time. Oh, man, I'm jealous. I love you. And I, I, I actually love that song. That was, you know, that's one of my favorite. I don't really know many of the songs on Dynasty, but that's the one I do like. But back when... I, like, I tend to like Paul songs. Right, right. 
Well, I was going to ask because I think most ladies do. Yeah, if you yeah, if you go back to like seventy three, seventy four, when they're putting together that early repertoire of, of songs like Hundred Thousand Years and Cold Gin, the hard rock. At the time, song. did you ever imagine they'd wind up putting out disco music? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But you know, yeah. times change, and you got to change with the times. Um, you know, I mean, one, one of my favorite songs of all is Strutter. Great song. Uh, yeah, yep. Strutter's a great one. Um, you know, Paul, Paul and I actually used to dance to it on stage, but nobody saw me. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> he would be doing, he'd be singing Strutter, and he'd be moving his hands, and I'd be moving my hands with him. <laughs> nice. I'd be on the side of the stage. Nobody saw me, but <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Well, well, aside from Peter, would you say Paul was the one you were closest to back in those days? Uh, it was Paul. Yeah, yeah, it was Paul because it's weird. Well, it's weird. It, it kind of changed when you know Ace was, but Ace is a quiet guy. You know he's like real quiet. Paul was, Paul was the one I would always talk to. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but we would discuss clothing, we would discuss makeup, we would discuss <laughs> um, diet. Um, Paul was the most you know talk talk uh, ver- verbal one that I you know that mm-hmm. I that speak to a lot. Ace was you know the spacey guy, and Gene would you know you, if you didn't talk money to Gene you know it's like. It was it was sex. So yeah. basically, those were the two things with Gene. Right. But um, no, Paul was definitely the, the the one we were closer with. Yeah, and I, you don't hear as much about Paul as a, you know on a personal level. He seemed to be the most guarded. But it's at the same time the people that were, you know, in his life that were in the inner circle always have for the most part pretty good things to say about him as a person. Well, you know what thing with Peter used to room with Paul when they used to, before they had their own rooms. Uh huh. You know, at the, at the, in the early days, they, you know, they would share a room. But, you know, what is, Ace was too sloppy. You know, like he'd have wires all over the room. Peter's a neat freak. And the, the closest to Peter was Paul because mm-hmm. Gene was, was a slob. <laughs> so even in Ace's book, Ace yeah. talks about hating rooming with Gene because Gene would spit all over the yeah, place. Yeah, he would spit on he the would floor. He would spit on the walls, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Would, he would literally, like, like you know, Clear, clear his throat and then spit it on the wall. Hakalubi. And um, also all the, all the women that he had, you know, Peter just didn't want to be around it. So he basically, you know, Paul was his his buddy then. But then when they started, when they had their own rooms, and I remember when they were in the limo, for some reason, maybe it was maybe it was Gene's decision to, to share a limo. You know, after the show, mm-hmm. I'd get in the middle. Peter would come in one door and, and Gene would come in the other door. I don't know why I was in Gene's limo as opposed to Paul's, but, or, or you know, Gene and Peter as opposed to Paul and Peter. Hmm. But that's the way it you know, used to work. I think Gene, oh, maybe that's, I, I think I know why, because Paul used to have a girlfriend sometimes, and they used to have Jeanette come out on the road sometimes. So, maybe, you know, maybe that's why, you know, Gene didn't have anyone. Yeah. On, you know, he, he didn't have a girlfriend come to the concerts. In, my, in the days that I remember, mm-hmm. he would basically have a girl, you know, back at the hotel. The only <laughs> woman close to Jean that I've noticed, like especially from your book, was a woman named Jan Walsh. Jan Walsh, yeah, we both had the same birthday. Really? Yeah, yeah, she was she was really really nice. I don't know whatever happened. I know she came out. She was around in '74. She was around from the early days, and 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 then I remember she was at the the press party. Mm-hmm. But I don't really know, you know, what happened to her after that. You know, it's like I, I did, I did speak to her not, long, you know, 
like right around the time my book came out, around uh, six years ago, mm-hmm. and um, she was we, we were going to come. She was going to come down and meet me in the city, and have, we were going to have dinner. But I don't know, it didn't work. Oh, okay. But anyway, um, maybe I was just too busy. But I don't know what happened with her and Jean. And then Jean was basically, a, you know, a free guy with. Yeah, I I never remember him with a girlfriend. And then by the time he was with um, Shannon, mm-hmm. yeah, I was already out of the picture. Right, right. Um, were you around during the uh, Diana Ross and Cher times? Uh, I I met Cher. I met Cher. I talked to Cher on the phone um, from Japan, mm-hmm. and I met Cher at, at the you know when they were doing Kiss Me to the Phantom, and then that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. So I I met her once, and that was it. I mean, I've met her. You know, after that, I met her in some clubs in New York, and I think Studio 54 was one of them, and um, one of the little restaurants we all used to hang out at. But um, uh, I never met Jean with Diana. I've met Diana, but not with Jean. That was after. That was after me. One thing I know, I always notice with Kiss, like with Aerosmith or band, other bands, big Zeppelin, other big bands from that era, there seemed to be a lot of hanging out together with each other with a lot of the bands. But with Kiss, you didn't see so much of that. It almost seemed like they were self-contained or like lived in a bubble. It seemed. Well, I mean, you know what it is. Okay, I'll tell you. Gene and Paul don't do drugs and they don't drink. Mm-hmm. So most bands do. Yeah. So they were. You know, they they'd rather be. By themselves with a girl in a room. Right. And Peter was the one that you, and Ace used to love to hang out with, uh, with other bands. I mean, there was a time when we were at Studio, no, we were at Tracks, which is a club on 72nd Street in Manhattan that everybody used to hang out at. And we met Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. And it was late at night, it was empty, and you know, we met Led Zeppelin there and you know, Peter and Jimmy Page kind of hit it off, and so we were going to all go to see Studio 54 before it actually opened. Really? You know, I think Sean Delaney had worked this out, where he, you know, he knew someone that worked there, and we were all going to go, and the place was basically empty. And, but before we were going to do, like, I mean, all right, we were going to do that, but then after that, Jimmy Page was supposed to come to our apartment and hang out with us, mm-hmm. and um, Peter Grant wouldn't let him. Really? <laughs> Peter Grant said, what do you mean you're going to Peter Chris's apartment? You know, how do you know it's Peter Chris? Not wearing the makeup. Well, uh, no, he's Peter Chris. I know he's Peter Chris. He's got the limo outside. He goes, what does the limo mean? You know, so, wow. so Peter Grant wouldn't let him go with us. Because he, he didn't did believe it was really Peter Chris? Uh, go, go to, huh? Because he didn't believe it was really Peter Chris? Exactly. Wow. Yeah, this, this was somewhere around, let's see, I lived in, in Manhattan with Peter in, the, let's see, 76, to seven, part of 77. Uh-huh. So it, would, it was probably... 77. So it's like the peak. And I think Peter, I think uh, Jimmy Page had just had taken an overdose. So Grant was kind of really on his, you know, on his case not to go partying off. Babysitting him, huh? Yeah. 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 So then then we decided to go to Studio 54 and who's there but Led Zeppelin. That's awesome. (laughs) But it was just us in the place. It was like way before it actually opened to the public. And the stories about John Belushi are awesome. Ah, uh, they're priceless. <laughs> yeah, priceless. I mean, he was such a sweetheart. You know, he came over to our apartment in Manhattan, and we showed him, we showed him. Um, you know, when I was accepting the People's Choice Award, because it was, you know, the, it wasn't really the first time I'd been on TV, because I was on TV when I was a little girl. Really? In my book, and uh, so I, I was on, uh, but I was a nervous wreck, and uh, 
and you know, after John saw it, he goes, "Ah, oh, you did a great job." You know, he was like so, you know, thrilled for me. And but he, you know, he was a little weird at times. But then, then that was when I was living in Manhattan. Then when I moved up to Connecticut, he moved into Manhattan. Well, he was living in Manhattan. He was living in the village, and then he moved to a different part of the village. And he actually, him and Judy, his wife, came up to Connecticut with us, and they spent the weekend with us. But he was, he was a little, you know, he was a little wacky. I mean, he was, he, he would grab a broom and put scarves all over it, and he was Stephen Tyler. <laughs> nice. Oh, he was, he was a character. He was a character. I mean, I, you know, we were up all night, uh, you know, it's in my book, doing drugs, and uh, I needed to, to take a, a nap, and I wake up, and there's John Belushi with my camera standing over him. Thank God there was no film in the camera. <laughs> He's taking pictures of me while I was sleeping, but, you know, like I said, thank God there was no film in the camera. <laughs> wow. Well, Sealed with a Kiss, it's a, it's a great book. And if you're a Kiss fan at all, or even a, just a rock and roll fan, it's a great piece of history to For look sure. at. And um, yeah, I, we're excited that you're doing a second printing on this because there's a lot of people that hadn't been turned on to it yet, and hopefully we can get a few more to to, to check it out because it's definitely there's a lot of people that just didn't know about it. You yeah. know, I just didn't have the right um, publicity. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, Facebook is a big help right now. Absolutely, yeah. And the Decibel Geek Podcast. Yeah, we're here to take. I'm taking pre-orders right now, you know, on my website, you know, LydiaChris.com. Mm -hmm. uh, the book will be ready at the end of July. It's, it's, I've already gotten, you know, two, two copies, of, you know, of the new book, and it looks great. So um, it's, in, you know, it's, it's ready to be shipped. Yeah, it takes about a month to come from Italy. <laughs> That's the I same, don't quite understand that, but it takes a month. It's the same place the uh, Kiss Monster book is being made. Well, that's because uh, my book was made in Italy first, and Kiss, you know, Kiss, Kissery was made in Korea, I think. Yeah. And it fell apart, and I just yeah. made sure I said I do not want my book falling apart. And the thing is, I also heard from, you know, I, I hired a warehouse to, you know, to ship my books when it first came out, mm -hmm. and they told me, and I've heard this from a lot of people, that Italy has the best paper. And I'm Italian, so I'm very proud of that. So, and I've been to Verona, and I just said, okay, they're 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 located in Verona. And I, you know what it is? I took my, I took all my information from Bill Wyman. Bill Wyman had his book printed in Verona, you know, Rolling with the Stones. Oh, really? And I took their, I took his his printers, and because I loved his book, mm -hmm. and I kind of copied my format. You know, it's a little different because I don't have sidebars like he had, mm -hmm. but. Basically, Bill Wyman is like me. He's, he collects everything. And it looks great. I mean, the book is amazing. It's called Sealed with a Kiss. If you guys out there haven't seen this book yet, I highly, highly, highly recommend you go to Lydia Chris's website and get yourself a pre-order on it. I guarantee you, like Chris said, if you're a Kiss fan, yes. If you're a fan of rock and roll and history, yes. You're going to love this book, and you definitely want to get on that pre-order list right now, and that's at www.lydiachris.com. Is that right? Right. All yep. right. So there you guys know where to get it at. Lydia, this has been amazing. What a way to kick off Kissmas in July with the Decibel Geek podcast. Then with Lydia, Chris, this has been fun. Mm -hmm. It's been informative. And you know what? It's just been great talking to you. Oh, it's great talking to you guys, too. All right. Well, I'm I, love, I, love to, I love to let the fans know, you know, how I, you know, I love to, to let them hear the inside stories of everything. Well, That's you, why I did the book. You can so. definitely get it with the new book. And I'm going to yeah. go ahead and play things out with some music. I'm going to play Baby Driver off Rock and Roll Over. Ah, I love that one, too. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, me too. Well, thank you so much for coming on tonight, and we appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me.
Remember to check us out at dbgeekshow.blogspot.com, facebook.com slash decibelgeek, and Twitter at decibelgeekpod. Also available for free on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.